Ah, I like that. Good, strong voices. I like that. Uh, we like to, we have learned a little secret. You might not be aware of this, but um, the louder the volume is in this room from the speakers in the band, the louder you sing. The quieter the volume, the quieter you sing. So if you ever wonder, why do we turn up? Well, that's so you'll sing louder because you don't want to hear yourself. I understand that. But it's okay to sing out. You do an awesome, awesome job. Um, it's a good thing um, that you do that. And so I've got I got lots of stuff to, to show you and, and do with you this morning. And so um, I want to welcome you uh, to something that, that we haven't done, at least I haven't done, um, with adults in ministry yet. And that's to just be a part of, of a church-wide campaign. Now, it's an odd time to do this. Typically, you would do this when everything is normal. You wouldn't try to do something like this during what we're going through right now. But you know you know what? Um, I'm not normal, and I don't have a problem admitting that, and so I think God is calling us to do this intentionally on purpose during this season for a reason, and so that is why we're going to do it, even if it's a little difficult at times, and so I just want to welcome you to this kickoff today of this 40 days in the Word. Now, um, we'll actually officially begin the series next week. Today is just an introduction into what we'll be doing over the course of this series, but there is a lot of stuff that we're going to cover today to get you started and get you prepped and ready to go for the next six weeks ahead. Um, this, this particular introduction today, um, what you've got to know is this. Thousands of churches literally across the world have been through this material before. It's not new to us. It, it, it's something that was created actually quite some time ago, but uh, the Word of God does not change, uh, nor does many ways to teach the Word of God, and this is a great thing. As I was preparing this week's, I got to looking online. I looked for another church that had done this fairly recently, and I found one. Uh, I found a pastor. I found a, the sermon of a pastor who went through this back in February. All right, I want you to listen to his opening words from his message. He said this. He says, why are we doing this campaign? This was 2020, starting next week, February 23rd. And I'm quoting him literally. He says, because you're going to have some storms in 2020. Storms so severe, you don't think you'll be able to go on. That was February 23rd. The world shut down the week of March 17th. Two weeks later. Three weeks later. Yeah, prophetic. I mean, I wonder what that guy's sitting back now going, man. Wow. Uh, maybe I don't want to speak anymore. I don't, <laughs> I don't want people to really, I don't, anyway. Um, it, it's kind of a cool thing to be experiencing this with other folks. And so, as I said a minute ago, this is just an introduction, okay, into this series. And that's why I'm going to be going through some new things and some stuff for you here. Over the next six weeks, our goal here is for all of us to grow to love the Word of God, maybe even more than you already do, okay? Now, keep in mind the requirements of loving, you can say you love something, but do you? Because love is only proved through action. You can say you love something all you want, but do you act on that love? It's no different with the Word of God. We pray that each of these six weeks you grow closer to God through His Word. It's an incredible thing and in that you begin to live out the Word of God in a whole new way. Way. Now, what's fun about this series is it's not just a Sunday morning series. There's multiple parts to it. There is a sermon component, but there's also a small group component. There's a daily devotional component. There's even a scripture memory portion. Yes, old school, VBS 
Bible verses. Some of you are scared already. Yes, you're not allowed to come back in through these doors. You folks online will be emailing you, will be checking on you, texting you throughout the week to make sure you're practicing your Bible memory verse. They're short. You'll get it. We'll talk about it a little bit today. And then finally, these things are actually going to be mixed in with some hands-on projects. If you're part of the, the small group side of things, you're going to hear about some hands-on projects where we get, begin to put some of the things we're learning into physical action, which is a great thing. All right? So let me go through the six weeks just real quick so you hear a little bit about where we're going each week. Next week, the first week of the series, we are going to talk about the inspiration of the Bible. How do I know I can trust the Bible? How do I know the Bible is true and that I can trust it for my life? Now, we've talked about that a couple years ago. I know it doesn't seem that long. Well, I guess it was a full year and a half ago now at this point. But we're going to review some of those things. The second week, we're going to talk about how to build your life, the foundation of the Bible. What, what is the foundation of the Bible? What's the purpose of of the Bible. Look at the big picture of this giant 66 book library and see that this big 66 book library has one common theme from beginning to end. It's an exciting topic to talk about. The third week, we're going to look at the illumination, okay, of the Bible. Now, what does that mean? Okay, how does God illuminate or open my mind to allow me to see what he would have me to see in God's word. It goes something like this. Sometimes you read a scripture over and over and over and over again, and then one day you open your Bible and you read the same passage, and you're like, whoa, I've never seen that before. Yes, you have, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of times. What happened there? Why did it all of a sudden open, what what? That's the Holy Spirit. He just illuminated, he opened your mind in a new way to allow God to reveal something to you that God had chosen not to reveal to you before or you had not been willing to listen to before. What is it that allows God to let us see what he wants us to see in his word? It's a cool topic. Week four, week four is a big one. It's about interpreta interpretation, interpreting scripture, how to begin to do that. Now, you might have heard this said before. Um, you hear people say things like, oh, well, that's just your interpretation of Scripture. Now, if that were true, then that means every single person on planet Earth could interpret every single verse of the Bible in whatever way they saw fit to interpret it. Clearly, that's not possible. So there is a correct way to interpret Scripture. Yes, and there's an incorrect way to interpret Scripture. And if you incorrectly interpret it, then you can find yourself in a cult very easily, if not just very confused with crazy, crazy, crazy Ideas. Everyone can't have their own interpretation of the Bible. When you interpret it correctly, then you begin to see what God really wants you to see. What does God's word truly say? The Bible means what it means, and we've got to begin to understand those principles so that we can discern what God's word is sharing with us. Week five, we're going to look at the integration of the Bible. How do we begin to put the Bible into every area of our life? How do we use the Bible at work? How do we use God's word in our family life? How do we integrate God's word into our finances? How do we integrate it into every area of the past, the present, and even the future, what lies ahead for you in your life. And then finally, week six. Week six, we're going to talk about the application. Specifically, how do I use the Bible in very specific ways? How do I use God's word to help me make decisions in life? How do I use God's word to help overcome temptation? How do I use God's word to offer counsel or advice to maybe even someone that is not a believer? How do I use God's word to find comfort for myself in my times of struggling and pain? It's going to 
be a fun series. Like I said earlier, I've never done a series like this with adults. I have with students, but I've never done this with adults. And so I'm going to grow right along with you along this path. I'm walking it side by side with you guys along the way, and that's exciting me. Okay? But as I said a while ago, this is only the beginning. This element, as we'll talk about today, is only one part of this series. The next part is there's an opportunity for you to get daily devotions. So starting next Monday, there's 40 days of devotions that you have the opportunity to participate in. They're about four to five minute long videos. And the reason why I directed you specifically to that, um, that uh, notes card, that sorry, is so that you can make sure that the church has your email address, okay? Amber is going to program in a link for you, and she's going to program it in so that every morning there's an email that goes out to your address that has the link to that day's devotion. It's a really cool thing we're able to do. Now, we'll also post the link to the website. You just Google 40 Days in the Word, and there's a spot there that you can click and then open the daily devotions there. But you got to select the right day and the right week and the right yeah, some of us might lose track. So um, we want to make sure we have your information. So double check that, make sure it's right, get it turned in so that way we can make sure you're on the church email list and you'll get those daily devotions. They're created by 40 different Bible teachers from all over the country. Again, remember, this was created a few years ago. So you might recognize some of those people you might not by this point in history. We'll just have to see. But I'm excited about that because it's going to help us all stay together in the Word pacing ourselves, learning, and growing together every single day. That is a good thing for all of us to be a part of. Uh, the next phase is the small group component. Now, this series was developed by a church that is a big believer in small groups. I mean, literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of small groups, community groups within their church, okay? So it's a little different than us. We're a little smaller body of Christ than that. It still needs to be, we want it to be a focus of what we do here at Berea, a permanent part of our, of our body because that's how we're going to grow, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on today. So his goal in the small groups is to get people learning and talking about God's Word together and learning how to study and research together, so that way you're not always dependent upon someone else to tell you what God's Word means. He wants you to be able to begin to learn some of these things for yourself. There's nothing wrong with hearing from others. It's a good thing to hear from others. It gives you different perspectives and different ways to look at things, but it's not better than meeting together, and that's what they want you to be a part of. So if you've never been a part of a community group, a small group here, we encourage you to sign up, and, and it might even end up being an online group, so you're not even going to have to go to a place to be a part of, but we want you to have an opportunity to join. All right? There's a sign-up sheet out there um, that, that you can get registered, if you will, kind of loosely. We'll find a group for you. Now, God might need a couple more groups out of this. We'll know after this week. We only had three folks last week kind of put their name on that list. We're hoping for a few more this week. And you might just be able to join a group that already exists. There's three groups that already exist for sure that are going for this session. But we might need to create another one. If that's you and you could host one, man, it would be awesome because here's your resource as a host. Uh, it has everything you need in it to host the groups. Um, we have all of the uh, videos online, so you'll be able to go right online, find the video, and show it to your group and uh, then teach from this. And so it's, it's not really teaching, you're just going through it with people. Um, if you're a person that you don't, you really aren't going to be able to do that, but you want to go through the studies on your own, then you can get one of these books and go through the studies on your own. Just let us know 
so that we give you the email access to see the videos to go along with these studies. The books are 10 bucks, and all you need to do is on your way out, when you sign up, put, I'd like a book, and we'll order you one. They'll be in next week, so you will have them. This book is an incredible resource. It's got way more than you could ever do in just a small group setting. There's a lot of personal things in here, personal Devo things and stuff like that. And so don't miss that opportunity. It's a cool resource. It's only $10. Uh, it's it's Don, Don Timberman approved. He's flipped through it. He's like, there's so much stuff in here. I'll never be able to use it all. No, you won't. And that's a good thing, right? It's a good thing to have too many things um, to be able to look through. So just keep that in mind. Uh, lots of things he's going to be teaching you on the side outside of the Sunday morning things as well. All right, so don't, don't miss out on that opportunity. Um, the last thing that I, I want to remind you of is what I said a minute ago. Hey, there's going to be a little small memory verse each week. So starting next week, we'll talk about it in here. We'll begin to teach you some simple ways to remember that verse, and then somehow, some way, we'll come up with a creative way, way to quiz you next week, uh, the week after. Okay, so just, just keep that in mind. That's how we're going to do things um, as a part of this series. So just, just understand that. All right, let's pray, and then we'll dive into the message for today. Father God, so excited to be in your word. Father, it's where we are each and every week, but to devote ourselves to getting better in your word, to learning your word more thoroughly, to applying your word to our life. Father, to live it out. It is the way people will know that we're your followers. And the more we know about the word that you've given us, the more effective we'll be at seeking and saving the lost. Father, reaching out to those that don't know your word, don't even know it exists, don't know what it contains. The only example they might ever see is our lives. Father, give us the strength and the courage to show them who you are as we study your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so the most famous sermon in all of the Bible, of course, is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, right? In the last, the very last part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells this story, okay, about a couple guys who went out and built some houses. And he built, they built these houses, it says. One of them built it on a very different foundation from the other. One built their house on the, the sand, and, and one built their house on the rock, right? And he goes on, and he, he talks about, you know, the trials, the storms of life that come and beat against these two houses. And, and the storm that, that hit the house on the sand, of course, the house fell down. Well, the storm on the rock, the house stood firm. In this story, Jesus, in chapter 7 of Ma the book of Matthew, verse 24, said these words. Everyone who hears these words of mine, that would be the word of God, now in print for us, and puts them into practice, that's what we're going to be talking about doing over the next six weeks, is like that wise man who built his house upon the rock. So this weekend, before we get too deep in, we're going to ask, how do we do that? How do we begin to set our foundation on this rock of God's word? It's hard to imagine during 2020 and everything that so many of us have experienced to think about the reality that we have no idea what's next in 2021, do we? We have no clue what's going to happen next. Now, it's nothing to worry about, but it is something to really consider. Man, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the emotional storms, the life storms, the financial storms, maybe the health storms that might come. But we do know that if our lives, if our families, if our marriages are not built on the solid rock, on a foundation of something that doesn't shift, doesn't change, then those things are at risk of falling apart. You can't build your life on the opinions of others. You can't build your life on popular culture. You can't build your life on politics. You can't build your life on anything that this world has to offer. We have to build it on unchanging, unwavering truth. 
all right? So if you have a Bible with you, and I hope you do, I want you to open up to James chapter one because that's where we're going to begin looking today. If you don't have a Bible, take the one from the seat in front of you and use that. Open your phones, open your tablets, whatever it is you use. You gotta understand how important this is, and we're gonna talk about it in this message, why it's so important for you to have the physical word of God somehow in some form in your hands while we study together. It's a huge part. Grab that handout that's on your chair because you're going to need that as well, all right? So here we go. How do we build our life on God's word? The answer is this. Look at the way God built us. Look at the way God structured us. God gave us five senses, right? We all know these, I hope. We can hear, we can smell, we can see things, we can taste things, and we can touch things. Everything you know, everything that you've experienced in your life comes through one of these five senses. And so here's the reality. God gave us these five senses actually to experience the word of God. Now, when Jesus was walking the word, some of them were actually able to experience some of the ones we won't be able to because the, the experience of taste is a little difficult to read into this. But most of the others are a part of this verse of James beginning in chapter or chapter 1, beginning in verse 19, okay? The first one, you receive God's word with your ears. It's what you're doing right now. We're talking about hearing God's word, hearing the word of God, hearing God speak to you. Paul writes in Romans 17, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Every time you hear a pastor teach or preach. Every time you hear a story told, a, a teaching on the radio or on TV, then the reality is the Word of God is building your faith. You're doing the first one right now. You're listening to the Word of God being taught. Faith comes by hearing the message. That's what you're doing. And the message comes through the Word of Christ. So when we look at the book of James, chapter 1, beginning of verse 19, listen to how he describes this process. Everyone should be quick to listen. Circle that word, listen, in whatever means you have. If you have that card, it's on there. But circle the word, listen. Slow to speak, slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that, God's desi that God desires. Therefore, rid yourself of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and so, and humbly accept, circle that word, accept, humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. It's the word of God that saves us. Now, yes, the blood of Jesus is what saves us. How do we know about the blood of Jesus? Through the word of God. It's an incredible connection that we experience. So here we go. He starts by saying being quick to listen. That means I got to use my ears. I got to listen. I got to pay attention. But then he says to accept the word. So the passage teaches us I must receive this thing with my ears. What does that look like? Well, that word accept, the Greek word that we use here for accept is a hospitality term. It's actually a very interesting term. It means to welcome in a stranger. Think about that. You're hearing the word of God. You're welcoming in a stranger. Now, is God a stranger to us? Truly, no. But in our culture, in our environment, in our upbringing, is the word of God 
strange? Is it foreign? Is it different than everything else around us? Absolutely, completely different. To welcome the word in, to welcome the Lord into our very being. You're saying, God, come on in. I'm wide open. I'm ready to hear from you. It's an attitude of acceptance. If you're going to get the Bible in your life, the word of God deeply planted in your life, you have to approach it with an attitude of acceptance. Now, they use the word planted in this verse. You've heard that word other places in Scripture, where the Bible is is considered to be a seed planted within your life, the Word of God planted in our lives. The parable of the sower, which we've covered before, where Jesus is talking about planting the same seed in all of these different forms of soil. If you're a gardener, then you know that you can't, that you can plant the exact same seed in one place and the same type of seed in another, and they grow completely differently. Rarely is there a difference in the seed. Of course, the difference is in the soil itself. You got to prepare the soil for the seed. You got to rake it out, bust it up, get the weeds out, maybe add a little fertilizer, whatever it might take. The exact same is true for us. We must prepare ourselves to receive the Word of God. Our heart must be prepared to hear the Word of God. So if you come into church, if you're all in a rush because you got up late and things didn't go well at home and the kids were misbehaving and you needed gas and you had this and you got here and it was raining and then you got sit down and you're all flustered and you're all annoyed and, and everything else and you sit down and you okay, God, I'm ready to listen. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but you're not. Your heart is not prepared. Case in point, you can have two people walk in the door, sit down right beside each other, hear the exact same sermon and be part of the exact same worship. One gets up, walks out, man, that was awesome. I, I, I got so many things to think about and consider. And the person sitting right beside him gets up, you know, I didn't get anything out of that, and walks out the door. The only difference is the prepared nature at which they both approached the word of God. Our heart must be prepared. Okay? This verse breaks it down for us. It says that I must be quiet. To receive, to hear God speak to me, I gotta be quiet. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. For some reason, I've actually been told this before, it's really hard to listen when you're talking. Anybody ever had that information shared with you before? Yeah, some of us talk too much. I get it. You can't hear God if you're too busy talking. A lot of times our prayer life is much like that. We spend so much time talking to God that we never allow him to respond to us. The second thing, we gotta be calm, calm, slow to become angry, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why angry? Well, because when you're angry, you can't really listen. You're distracted, you're disturbed, you're upset. It's difficult to listen. When you're calm and you're quiet, then you give God an opportunity to speak into your life. You also can't be in a hurry when you go to study God's word. You can't sit before God and go, okay, God, I got five minutes, go. I'm listening, talk quick, God, go. You can't do that. You remember, God's, God's works on this time scale of this thing called eternity, right? Doesn't really fit well into our human time frame. He wants as much time as he'll take. Now, he'll take as much time as we give him, sure, but he wants as much as we're willing to give him. We gotta do this when we're working in the Bible. The third thing he says is we need to be clean. The last part of that verse that we read, you can't have a whole lot of junk in your life. Now, we're not talking about coming to Christ. When you come to Christ, your life is full of junk, and that's just how he wants you. He wants you to come to him full of all of the illness that you have within you. 
so he can heal you. But once Christ is in your life, once the Holy Spirit has taken over your life, you can't come before God and say, God, teach me, while on the other side you have all of these things piled up that will distract you from him being able to speak to you. You have to be clean. A, a short way of saying it, before you do the seeding, you gotta do some weeding. You gotta get rid of some of that filth in your life. He says get rid of the filth and the evil. If you got junk in your life, spiritual, emotional, mental, ethical junk, it's gonna be hard to hear God because those are distractions. He says get rid of the filth. Anything that we know is evil, things going on in our life, decisions we've made that we know are evil, when we come before God and ask him to speak to us, it's gonna be hard to listen because there is a barrier that we have placed between us him. So how do we do that? Well, here, here's the thing. If you don't understand the concept of what I'm saying, I can at least speak to men here, okay? Men, when you go out and you go hunt or you go fish or you go mow or you go work outside, whatever it is, and you get home and you just walk in the house, I'm sure your wife just says, come on in, hun. Have a seat on the couch. Go lay down in bed. Saddle up to the dinner table just as you are. Just come right on in and enjoy, Right? Not in my house, right? It's, hey, get that filthy stuff off before you even step foot in my house. Don't make a mess of my house. Clean up before you even think about sitting on the couch or anything else, right? Now, that's completely unfair. It's irrational. It's unreasonable that our wives would suggest such a thing. We should be able to come in and do whatever. Of course not. The reality in my house is if I don't shower and things like that after I mow and trim and that stuff, and we go to bed, she will get eaten alive by bugs. I won't have a single bite I don't understand that, but it's absolute truth. We got to clean ourselves up. We got to come before God with a pure heart, with a clean heart, like David talked about a few weeks ago when we were talking about David in Psalms. How do we do that? How do we come before God? If you got here today and you're like, I can't go into church because I've got this issue in my life. No, you can, but there's something you must do first. It's a very simple word that many of us have heard before. It's called confession. It's called confession. We need to come before God to confess. So what does that mean? It means to stand before God and say, God, you're right and I'm wrong. God, I, I'm sorry for what I did. I just realized that you are correct. Your word is correct and what I did or what I said or how I acted, that was wrong and that's a barrier between us right now, God, and I want to confess. I want to give that over to you. That's how you take out your spiritual garbage. So you keep calm, you keep quiet, you get clean before you come to God. And the, the fourth one is you got to be humble. You got to be humble. Humbly accept the word of God planted within you. Humbly accept the word of God which is planted in you that can save you. What does it mean to be humble? In this scenario, let me give you the perfect example. It means this. To be ready and prepared for whatever God challenges you with in his word. In other words, the opposite of that would be this. God, go ahead, show me what you show me, and then I'll decide whether or not I want to do it. You see, that's an attitude of pride. When you open yourself and humble yourself before God, oh, reveal your word to me, speak to me, and, and I will do. I will follow. I will act. That would be the difference in the two. Okay? So, we receive God's word through hearing it with our ears. We hear it by being calm, quiet, clean, and humble. That's just the first step of this week. It's a great way. It's the best way to begin to get the word of God into your life. It is the primary way to begin. But if that is the only way, 
that you try to get the word of God in your life, it's not going to work very well. You're probably going to find yourself not growing very much. Some studies suggest that you forget as much as 95% of what you hear within 72 hours. So that would mean by Wednesday that you've forgotten just about every single thing that we talked about this morning. Imagine how that breaks God's heart. So how do we begin to change that dynamic? Well, beginning with it, it's a great idea to, to take notes. To take notes. We've given you a couple opportunities now to take notes, and some of you do that very well anyway so that you can review them, and we'll talk about that further here in just a moment. Hearing is a good way. It's a great way to get the Word of God into your life, but if you're going to forget most of it by the middle of the week, then you got to move from that to a deeper way. You need A, but you got to move from A to B. The second way to build your life on the Bible is to read it. Read it with your own eyes. Receive it with your ears. Read it with your eyes. Now, that's the reason why every week I say, hey, please get out your Bibles. If you don't have one, take one. Keep it, okay? Get it out on your phone because this screen in a few seconds disappears forever. And you will not remember that verse. You will not remember that passage, this uh, uh, chapter, book, chapter, verse. You won't remember that when you walk out the doors. And so that's why it's so important to begin to write things down. But remembering by opening that God, God's word, okay, and studying it. James 1, 22, he says this, don't merely listen. There's an implication here. He, he wants you to listen. That's essential. You have to listen, but don't just listen, okay? And so deceive yourself because you're going to forget it. James knew that. Do what it says. We'll get to that at the end today. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. He looks at his face, his reflection in the mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and he completely forgets what he looks like. That's what happens a lot on Sundays. You hear the message, you're in God's word for a moment, but by the time you get to the car, you've completely forgotten everything that was shared. He looks in the mirror. He looks at himself. He goes away, forgets. But then there's the opposite that James shares with us. The man who looks intently into the perfect law gives, that gives freedom, the Bible, the words of God, he sets us free. He continues to do this. He continues to do this and then doesn't forget what he has heard, but does it. He will be blessed in all that he does. Okay, the Bible says that we need to do five things in order to be blessed here. We're going to talk about all five of them the remainder of our time together. So let's go back and let's circle them so we can remember what they are to start with. He said, listen. Don't merely listen, though. Look intently. Okay, if you didn't circle it or assert that, looks intently into the Word of God. That's one of the ways we get blessed. We read God's Word. And then he says, continues to do this. Circle that word, continues. He doesn't just do it at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. No, he continues to do it throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the years, reviewing the Bible. And then he says, not forgetting, not forgetting what he heard. That's remembering, <laughs> remembering the word of God. Circle that. Don't forget. And then lastly, but doing it, doing what the word of God tells us to do, responding to God's word. He will be blessed in what he does. To be blessed, you got to do all of these. It's a package deal. It's not one or the other. It's all of them in order for God to bless us in that way. And we're going to look at all of these quickly today and then break them apart 
throughout the series. The first one that we talked about here was looking intently. What does that mean? Looking intently into a mirror. Well, he's talking about reading the Bible, not speed reading it, not just doing it to get through it, but to read it, reflect upon it, ponder it, look intently at it. It says this person, the person that does this is like that man looking in a mirror. Now, the Bible's often compared to this mirror. It's an evaluator of ourselves. When we read God's word, then we're to evaluate our lives and see, is this who we are? Do I have this as a part of my life? Am I becoming more like the Jesus that I'm reading about? So there's two ways you can look in a mirror. First, you can glance into a mirror, or second, you can gaze into a mirror. To glance, the best illustration that, that we could come up with was this. How many of you remember the show, Happy Days? Who's watched Happy Days? Everyone's. I mean, my kids have all watched Happy Days. All right. Arthur Fonzarelli. Did he ever walk past a mirror? No. Not what happened. Always stopped in a mirror, paused for just a brief second, looked at everything, and said, hey, because it was all perfect. It was exactly where it was supposed to be. He needed to do nothing. That was a glance into the mirror. We cannot do that with God's word. When you stop by on a Sunday morning, you casually see a couple of verses flashed up on a screen. That's glancing at God's word, and it does nothing for you in the end. Gazing into God's word is what we're talking about. Gazing into it, looking intently at it. You look at the details of it. And we'll begin to break down how you can do that. This, the third way is to research God's word with your hands and with your mouth. Now, I'm going to take a little explaining. I understand that. But this is Bible study. This is studying the word of God. Some ask the question, is there a difference between reading and studying? I shouldn't have to answer this, but yes, there's a difference. You read the newspaper, you read a headline, you read a magazine. You do not study those things. Studying involves more. Some would say you can't truly study without a pencil or a pen and some paper in front of you. And I know that's a foreign concept to a lot of people today. So I guess I could translate it without a keyboard in front of you to actually write down some of the things you're thinking and studying and learning along the way. The, the way we study best is with others. Did you know that? We think about it, we write things down, but then the next level is to use our mouths to talk, to converse with other people and share the things we're learning and listen to what they're learning and compare and contrast and grow. And when you combine those things together, you really begin to get deep in God's word. It's an incredible Process. That's why we are going to continue to make such a big deal out of our small groups, out of community groups. Because this is where you take Bible to the next level, is getting into groups and discussing and talking about it with people. Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 39, you search the scriptures. If you've got that handout, circle that word search. You search the scriptures. He's talking about studying. He's talking about researching. You research the scriptures, you study them, and because you believe, they will give you eternal life. And then he says, and the scriptures you're studying, all of those words, will they point to me? He's talking to a group of people who are studying the scriptures and they don't see him in them. The reality is you can find Jesus throughout the entire Bible. He is the Word, as James shares, or John shares with us in John chapter 1, verse 1. He is the Word. He's everywhere through that, and as a part of this process, we're going to begin to show you how to discover Jesus in the Old Testament, if you don't already know. It's not just reading. It's, it's studying. There's another great example, and it is so perfect for us as a congregation. It comes from the book of Acts, which Dr. Luke wrote, and it's in chapter 17. 
He says these words. He's, he's talking about people in this little bitty city in Greece called Berea. Interesting. It was this little town, and he says this about them. The people of Berea were more open-minded. Now, do not consider that to be the open-minded of today. It's a very different type of open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They were at church on Sunday, and they were listening with their ears wide open, trying to figure out what he was saying. But they didn't just walk out and go, you know, I wonder what he was saying. No, that's not what they did. It says they searched the scriptures. There it is again, searched the scriptures. Not just study, not just reading, day after day after day to check to make sure what Paul and Silas was telling them was true. And by searching and reviewing it, not only did the truth come out, but it stuck in those people. These guys were searching the scriptures. They weren't just reading. They were meeting in small groups and comparing notes and figuring out what Paul and Silas were trying to share with them. And since we happen to be named after them, don't you think we should live up to their standard? Somebody said, do you realize, that's why this church was named what it was, because they wanted that to be the standard by which we lived here. Are we living up to that? They, they didn't already assume we were. They gave us that name as a bar to live up to. We got to do a better job. We got to start discussing and start learning and growing together more. The fourth way to build your life on the Bible is to, to review it and then remember it with our mind. I review the Word of God and I remember it with my mind. James writes in 125, so just continuing on in that same verse, the man who looks intently, that's reading, into the perfect law, and continues to do this, that's reviewing, and not forgetting, that's remembering, will be blessed in all that he does. If you're going to be blessed, then you got to learn how to review and remember the word of God continually. You're pondering, you're thinking about, you're dwelling upon, not forgetting the Word of God. If you look up for just a moment, if nothing else, as we go through this series, one of the greatest ways to improve, increase, strengthen, build your faith. If you don't want to be a spiritual infant, you don't want to be a spiritual baby on the bottle 10 years from now, you want to grow in your faith, one of the greatest ways you can do that is to begin to commit the Word of God to your mind. Now, you're not gonna be able to memorize the whole book in theory, though God actually does give us the mental capacity to do such thing, and some people do. He's going to give you opportunities to remember Scripture, and you ask, why is this so important? I don't have a good memory, Chris. I just can't remember things. Well, the reality is we can remember things, and you know that. We remember what's important to us. Funny story, um, some of us even remember these things called phone numbers. How many of you can, you might not know, number now, but how many of you can remember your phone number from growing up, or your neighbor's phone number, or your girlfriend's phone number? I remember all of those. I can tell them to you right now, but I can't because my girlfriend's my wife, and that's still her parents' phone number, and you would call her. So I don't want you to do that, all right? But I can still tell you my next-door neighbor's phone number from back then. Now, I can't tell you my daughter's phone number because it's saved in my phone, and it's all there, and I'm supposed to not remember it, I guess. I don't know. It's saved in the cloud, so it'll never go away. But we remember what's important to us, stock quotes, sports stats, recipes, whatever. We remember what is really important to us, and we hope that God's word becomes that. Our memory is a muscle. When we do work on it, it can improve, and as a part of this process, these 40 days, we're going to talk about some ways that you can do that, but here's the thing. You can't really review something until you remember it, and you can't really remember something unless you review it. They go together hand in hand. 
You want to get to the point where you go to bed at night or you sit in the car alone or you do whatever and you can mentally just reflect upon a verse. You can reflect upon a piece of God's word just sitting there without a Bible, without your phone. You can dwell on those things. But if you haven't memorized it, if you don't remember it, you're not going to be able to. Now, this is not a New Testament concept. This is as old as it gets. You can go all the way back to the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8, where he writes from God, do not let this book of law, that is the Bible that we have in our hands to this day, God's word, depart from your mouth. That means talk about it all of the time. He said, meditate on it day and night. How often is that? All of the time, once again. And if you do that, God tells you, God commands you to meditate on it day and night. In other words, when you're eating, when you're sleeping, when you're working, when you're driving, whatever it is you're doing, to be thinking about the things of God. Then when you do this, so that you are to be careful, you do this so that you be careful to do everything written in it. And then when you do, underline those last two words that are on that sheet, you will be prosperous and successful. Did, did you hear that? That's the word of God. That's not... Chris, this is the only promise of prosperity and success in God's word. God says, if you do this, then you will be prosperous. You will be successful. Now, this is not the prosperity gospel at all. We don't believe in that here. This is God saying, if you're faithful and you do this, then I promise you will do this. This will happen for you, to you. Now, prosper doesn't necessarily mean money or health or anything else. There's so many other ways to be prosperous and successful in life, but God guarantees it if, if we do these things. If we meditate on his words day and night, if we remember it and review it and enact it in our lives, then we will be successful in whatever we do. Now, keep in mind the reality of this verse. If we're successful, what are we successful in then? If this is how we're living our lives, we're successful in what God wants us to be doing. Is he going to grant us success in his path for our life? Absolutely, 100% of the time, if that's where we are pursuing. There's only one way, one last way, okay? One last way, the fifth way is coming up here. Let's review. Ears, we listen, we receive with our ears, we read it with our eyes, we research it with our hands as we open and shut and our mouths as we talk with others, as we write down notes. Then I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to review and remember it with our mind, and then the fifth and final way is simply to respond to it with our actions, to do it. The fifth thing that James tells us is in one don't just listen and deceive yourself, do what it says. Turn the words, turn the study, turn the remembering into action. None of those are worth a thing unless you flip it over and then begin to enact what it is that you're studying. Do not deceive yourselves, okay? A lot of people think, well, yeah, I heard that. I get it. I understand. I know. I know. I know. I hear that a lot from some of my children. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Well, that's funny because you're not doing it, right? You've ever had that problem with your kids, employees? You tell them to do something. Oh, I know, but they're not doing it. That's the idea here, okay? You got to do it. We could talk to people about how to be good parents, how to be good fathers, how to be good husbands, how to be good wives, how to balance your budget according to Scripture. We could talk about it all we want, but if you don't do it, does it matter? Not even a little bit. We have to be doers of the word, okay? If we go back to the very beginning where we started today, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Look at this verse. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. 
If you haven't already, underline or circle that. Puts them into practice. In other words, you become a doer of the word. If that's you, you're a plier of the word. You are like the wise man that built his house on the rock. The rains came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat, but it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But those who are hearers of these words of mine, okay? Everyone who hears these words of mine, these are people that hear the word of God, but they don't do it. They are like the ones who build the house on the sand, and the streams rose, and the winds came, and the waves crashed, and the house fell. And they say, but God, I went to church. But God, I was faithful in being there. And God says, yeah, but you didn't do what you were learning. And they fall apart. We don't want that to happen to anyone. The reality is this. I mentioned it earlier. We don't have any clue what's going to come in 21, 22, 23, or whatever lies ahead, do we? I know I don't, but we do know that if our lives are not built on a rock, then our foundation is going to crumble. It's not going to work if we build it on the popularity of TV and culture and politics and all of those things we mentioned earlier. Because all of those things change like the shifting sands in Jesus' parable. We have to build it on the unchanging, rock-solid truth of the Word of God. Because the reality is, if it was true a thousand years ago, guess what? It will absolutely be true 1,000 years from now and into all of eternity. If our life is not built on the rock, there's some ways. There's some ways that we'll know, okay? Here's one easy one. You'll probably be stressed out all the time. You'll always be worried about everything that's going on around you because your life is not built on a rock. Your life is shifting and swaying and it could collapse at any minute and so you live in this permanent state of exhaustion and stress because we're not on the fo solid foundation of the rock, the word of God that we have in our very own possession. Everywhere we go, whether it's your phone or it's a hard copy or whatever tool you utilize, all right? So to end with, I want to give you, there was five things today, and I want you to remember this. Now, some of you might remember some old five-finger exercises of the faith. Does anybody remember any of those old five-finger exercises having to do with salvation and different things like that? Well, this isn't one of those, okay? But this is a way to just use your five fingers to remember the five things, the five points that we talked about, how to make God's Word an absolute essential part, the base of our life, okay? Our little finger, our pinky finger is hearing it. It's essential. It has to be there, okay? But that, if that's it, if that's all we do is hear the Word of God, it's kind of like holding on to your Bible with just your pinky, okay? I really don't have a very firm grip here. Uh, stepping down the stairs to go to the parking lot, I probably will drop this book if this is all I've got. In other words, by the time I leave this, if this is all I do is hear it, then Satan can snatch this right out of my hand. We'll forget about it till oh yeah, I got to take that to church next Sunday so that I might use it <laughs> again. Okay, but then if you go on past that and you go to the next level, where now we begin to, to review, we begin to study it a little bit. We study God's word, okay? We're, we're going to, to use our mouths and, and we're going to use our, our writings. We're gonna, we're gonna study God's word. Then we're going to begin to have a little firmer grip on this book. We don't just hear it, we begin to read it with our own eyes. And then we take it another level. We, it's, it's a little stronger grip. Somebody can still take it from me, but it's a little stronger grip. And then we go to the next level. We get the third finger in there. Now we're, now we're reviewing it, okay? And we're really beginning to put this pract into practice here. Okay, we got a little bit better grip as we study with other people and, and we really begin to review and, and remember the Word of God. That, five, that next to last one is the actual memorization, the remembering of it. And then finally, put it into action respond to the word. Now, 
man, I got a death grip on this thing. You ain't taking it from me no matter what. And I can smack you with it too, okay? <laughs> if that's what it takes to learn you, hey, that's what we got to do. You get the picture. There's so much difference between this feeble little grip that we have by just hearing it and actually beginning to put this thing into practice in our life. And that is our goal for you by the end of this series is to find new, practical, useful, good ways to help you understand the importance of putting this to work in your life. This isn't a book that you read. It's so much more. That's only the beginning. You hear it. You read it. You begin to study and review and remember, and ultimately you put this into action. Don't miss that in this series so that you can have that security and you can have your hope and your future anchored on the rock. We're so blessed to have the Word of God at our fingertips. You realize still not everybody does, right? You realize this is still illegal in a lot of places, and we have the freedom to carry and read and do whatever we want to it, and yet we don't ever use it. Consider that this morning. Father God, as we begin this series where we're going to open your word in a brand new way, I pray that you help us be focused. Father, we can be so distracted in this world. We can sit down to open, to read, to review, to study your book. And, and Father, we just get distracted by the things of life. We get an email, we get a text message, the kids come in. Whatever Satan can use. Father, over the next six weeks, help us to focus, maybe in a brand new way. Help us to focus not just in this environment, but Father, if we're able to meet in small groups or, or we're going to do things online, help us to be focused on your word. Father, let us come to you clean and pure and ready to, to receive and accept your word in a way that maybe we never had before. Father, maybe we've always just shown up to church with the same attitude and the same heart, and maybe it's time for a little heart check. Maybe it's time for a new approach to how we study and how we learn so that we can forever be changed. I said it a little while ago. I, I don't believe it was a coincidence that whoever it was years and years and years ago that decided to name this church after those people in Acts chapter 17, they wanted that to be the goal of their church. It's not who they were. Father, it's who they wanted to become. And I pray that we continue to strive to become those people that study your word, believe and trust in your word, and then go out and put your word into practice and draw the lost home. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.